Welcome and get ready for a front row seat on Icons with Ava Johanna, the live show that is raising the bar in the entertainment space worldwide. You're about to be right in the middle of heart-pounding conversations and real-time connection that ignite transformation within. Our global live show stars the industry's powerhouses, visionaries, and cultural icons. Together, we'll walk the path of legendary entrepreneurs, influential business moguls, celebrities, and iconic brand architects. Join the conversation, seize the opportunity to engage directly with icons of their industries, and immerse yourself in an unparalleled learning experience. Icons isn't just a show. It's an opportunity to step into the minds and hearts of industry leaders and run with their advice. So grab your popcorn because this is the space where icons are born. I just love that theme song. I have to say. <laughs> the whole trailer is so good. I was watching it. I was like, damn, sis, look at you. It's so you good. Know, you know, I love a great moment to brand and create something that is just like fiery and spicy and gets people into the energy of what it is that is about to go down. And I mean, I feel so grateful that we got to connect for a couple minutes before we opened up this space, but I am so excited. And before we even jump into the conversation for everybody that is here live or watching the replay, welcome to Icons with Ava Johanna. This is the live show where you are able to connect with industry leaders, people that have inspired me, icons that are blazing a trail in ways that expand your mind to all of the different possibilities of how you can grow your business, grow your impact, be able to reach new people, manifest a life and a business beyond your wildest dreams. And so welcome. I'm so excited to be here. We do these shows every single, every other Friday, excuse me. And I'm so excited because today's guest, Lana Caltagironi, is a dear friend of mine and somebody who has been in my life for a while, which I feel like is very special because we got started on very similar paths about seven-ish years ago, or that wasn't necessarily when we got started, but it was when our paths crossed. And I really think that it was in a like random group of Instagram accounts where we got thrown into the mix connected and Lena at the time was running and still runs these retreats soulcation and she was a manifestation coach or is a manifestation and life coach but at the time I was seeing her living so radiantly and so passionately and sharing her work in such a way that ultimately was astounding to me and I was new to manifestation I was new to spirituality I was new to this space and Lena was really like my gateway drug into manifestation. And I remember going on Soulcation in Tulum back in like 2018, I think it was, and meeting Lena for the first time and just absolutely falling in love. And that was where our love story really began because we got to spend the week together in such a beautiful location, learn about manifestation, have fun and play. And even my ability to go on that retreat was is so auspicious because at the time it was a lot of money for me. I think it was $4,000. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay for this because my business hadn't really taken off at that point. But I know that I'm meant to be here. And I took the lessons and all of the 
content that Lena shared because at the time I hadn't worked with her yet and I was just taking in all of her content on Instagram and I applied it and I just said God if there is a way universe if there is a way like show me how I can make this happen and then about a week later I got my taxes done and it was the exact amount and refund for the retreat and I was like let's go it's happening this is the sign and so I'm so excited to talk about manifestation today and we're going to cover like all across the board. And before we jump into like all of my selfish questions, Lena, I would love to just hand it over to you. And it's been a while actually, since we've had this conversation, I'd love to know how you even got into manifestation in the first place. Uh, great question. First of all, I don't think I knew that backstory of the tax refund and location. That's incredible. I like, mm -hmm. I had no idea, but it makes so much sense. Um, okay. So how did I get into manifestation? I, I was, I think I came across the topic early on in my life through the book, The Secret. I think a lot of people have this story. So it, you know, but it's true. I came across the book, The Secret. I think so many people did. And I was introduced to the topic in a very light way. I think I like put it down for a couple years in my life. And I remember the first time I started playing with the application of it. I was a summer like intern at my dad's law firm. And I think the first thing that I manifested, I was writing down and reading the book and writing things that I wanted. And I think the first thing I manifested was like the, a date with someone really cool that I was like wanting to go on a date with. I was like, oh God, this like actually <laughs> works. How did this just happen? So I like got these like little things of proof. Um, and then I started applying it to bigger things. I think the most legit thing that I manifested in the beginning was um, I was done with college. I went to Tulane and I was applying to law school and I, I applied for this um, scholarship and I was writing down what it would be like and what it would feel like and asking the universe for this thing. And I put it away and all the scholarship deadlines were done. And like a month or two before school was to start, I got a call out of the blue that was like, you know, classic manifestation language, like we don't know where these extra funds came from, but there's extra money and we're giving away extra scholarships. So like, here's one for you. And so I was like, this stuff is like real. I put it away for more years, went to school, did my thing. And then when you and I met, I think I was in a crossroads of being in a relationship, a job, a stage of life that I wasn't like loving and I wasn't very happy. And manifestation kind of like came into the back of my mind. And I was like, all right, done like silly things with manifestation. Like, can I really change the big areas of my life with these same concepts? So I started applying them and they started working. I started shifting, you know, all the different areas from career, city, love, et cetera. Um, and that was kind of how I got into it. And as I started seeing it working for me, I became obsessed and studied it from every modality and then started teaching. So that's my long-winded answer. I love it. Um, okay, so something that you said that I think is going to open up like a whole can of worms as far as the direction of this conversation is, you know, you saw it working for like smaller things and it's like silly little yeah. things. And then you said, you know, now I want to see if I can apply it to the big things. And something yeah. that came up as you were saying that is, you know, for so many people, the like little things, it's easy to 
manifest and it's like the quick little things that happen throughout your week where you're like, oh my God, I manifested that or I manifested that. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes it feels like it's harder and it's bigger and it's longer and it's like heavier to manifest the bigger things like a new relationship or, you know, I remember when I was going through my home buying process, like manifesting my home and, and, you know, I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this as well, of course. And it's like manifesting the soulmate client or the dream opportunity to speak on a stage next to, you know, your idols. Like those are the things that I feel like are really big for people. And Mm -hmm. also I've found for myself in the past, sometimes it's been harder to surrender in the same way that you might for Mm -hmm. the smaller things and so I'm curious for you like when you did make that shift from okay I'm just doing like cute things like a date or a scholarship Mm -hmm. to I want to change big things in my life what was the like emotional and mental relationship to manifestation when it started shifting into bigger things that obviously carry a little bit more weight in your life yeah I mean that's a great question. Emotionally, obviously, these areas are are so much deeper than a date and more important to you than a date. But I was at a position with these big areas where I really had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. This was um if even a fraction of them came, I was in such a place of experimentation and just excitement for my future where, anything outside of what I was in would have been amazing. Like anything, one aspect of the list, one line item bullet of the list that would come would be amazing. So at this stage, and I've obviously encountered things that I want to manifest that feel time sensitive and pressury, but at this stage, I didn't have that immense pressure on myself. When I was changing these big areas, it was such like an energy of exploration And I was just excited to change my life. And I didn't have any time constraint on it. I didn't have any pressure around it. And it was like a deep desire for a shift. But I knew that these areas were going to take a lot of time. So I wasn't counting down. I wasn't checking the clock. Like I had a lot of hope and a lot of surrender, like naturally at those periods. And I've also, like I said, experienced bigger things that homes and huge things that like have timeframes and you really want. And I do feel like the more surrendered you are in the process, the easier it is, the more you enjoy the path, the more you just allow it to unfold. Because look, the more we get into this stuff and the more experience we have, we also start to think that we know it all about how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's never what manifestation is about. It's not about controlling how or who or what. It's like allowing God to fill in what you really need. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I'm curious, has your relationship to manifestation or how you look at it or even how you approach it shifted since the beginning? Yeah, Um, it's much more about God than universe for me now, personally. Mm Mm-hmm. At the beginning when I was teaching it, I was using those two interchangeably um, and thinking that I was putting these out to the universe. And I was, yeah, I was just kind of like, that was where I was at in my like spiritual belief and path. And now I take a lot more 
like God angle to it. And I really see that the universe is where we live. It's got its set of laws and rules and ways of being. And then, but God created all of it and God created the universe and the dialogue is between me and God. And that's really shifted in how I view manifestation to begin with. And it's given me a lot more trust in the process because I can trust in God more than I can trust in this like like vague universe which is awesome it's cool universe I love the universe we live in but it feels like wishy-washy weird and I have a lot more faith in like the character and like the who God is Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah totally I think that it's interesting because I didn't grow up in a religious back background or household and so I've never had a sticky relationship to the term God or the idea of God. And so as I was exploring spirituality and yes, found Mm -hmm. the term universe first, of course, universe has your back, Gabby Bernstein. That was the language that I was given. And then the further along that I went, I started feeling more connected to this idea of and belief of God. And it's interesting because I still have a lot of people in my world that do come from really traumatic religious upbringing and have a different association than I do. And so I always tell people, it's like, whether, whether you use the term God or not, it's that feeling, like you said, of trust and knowing that like, there is this, this higher power of your choice that Mm -hmm. you can trust in and have faith in and know is guiding you and supporting you and there for you every single step of the way and will show you what Mm -hmm. to do and where to go and present the ideas and the opportunities to be able to put you one step closer to the things that you're wanting to create in your life and also remove the things that aren't in alignment with your purpose and your path. Yeah. You know, one thing that came up when you're saying that, and it also ties into removing the things is like, I think my my experience with manifestation has shifted where I used to be very focused on a particular person, a particular job, a particular house. Like it was very stuck on the one thing. And now I've gotten into a place where I really trust that if something is removed, it's something better. I really trust, like I kind of leave it more open-ended especially with manifesting a partner. I think that's the best example. Mm -hmm. I wasn't like, I want this person bring this person to me. You know, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was like, God, who do you have for me that will make me the happiest? You Mm -hmm. know, what's the city you want me to live in that will serve me the most at this stage of my life? And so whether you're speaking to God or the universe, I think it's important to like really surrender what we think we know is best for us and be open to it being different, you know, and better and the person that you wouldn't expect and the career path that maybe you didn't have in mind mm-hmm. while not settling, like while at the same time, not accepting less than you deserve. You know, that's not what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So let's talk about not settling because mm-hmm. I feel like there have been moments and people from my past who have given me some flack for like really being in the energy of I'm not settling and that these are my standards and it's not coming mm-hmm. from a place of like you're not good enough or this isn't good enough but just knowing that 
if there's a feeling inside of me that there is something more available, I'm going to trust that. But not everybody understands that. And also I feel like even if you are in that position where you're like, I'm not going to settle or no settle vibes, whatever it mm-hmm. is, that sometimes when you are walking a, walking this path, ego or old patterns can come up and make it kind of like cloudy to discern. Like I think partnership is such a great example of you could be asking for this, 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 and this on your list. And someone Mm -hmm. comes into your life that like matches most of those things. And we almost like, we see it and we're like, oh, it matches like all of these things, but there's this one thing missing. How do you discern how do you, yeah how do you discern yeah. that that it's that it's either one the difference between being stuck in one way and like mm-hmm. fixed in your mindset and not open versus like mm-hmm. no this is actually me settling i think it's a heart question and mm-hmm. i know that that sounds like when people used to tell me that kind of answer when i was like fresh out of law school, logic mind only. And someone's like, ask your heart. I'd be like, shut up. Like, what does that even mean? But honestly, um, I think it is a heart question. In my heart, do do I really feel like I'm settling here? And you're going to get an answer. You know what I mean? And so it's not like a mind stubbornness. It's this way or nothing kind of thing. It's because you can ask yourself the question from two different places. You can ask your mind the question, you can ask your heart the question. And just having that point of view and asking the question is you're going to access those different locations. It's asking your intuition versus your mind, your heart versus your logic, two different places. So I think in questioning, am I settling in this? You ask your heart and then you're going to get an answer. Like for example, on my list of manifesting a partner, um, Okay. I never thought that I would be with an attorney when I was writing down like the profession of my person. It was like creative entrepreneur, blah, 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 works for himself. So Matt, my, my husband is, he's an entrepreneur, but he's got a law firm. He owns a law firm, very traditional. Well, he's not your average lawyer. So he'd kill me if I said it was traditional. No, he is not. (laughs) He's not your average lawyer, but he's a lawyer. It's a traditional career. And so when looking at that and deciding, all right, like, is this the person I'm going to marry? Like, if I was answering from my mind and my ego would be like, no, well, he's, he's an attorney and I wanted an entrepreneur. But if I ask my heart the question, it's a no brainer. Am I settling by doing? No, like not even a fucking chance. So I think it's like, you have to be honest with yourself and ask your heart, but be honest with yourself about the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's like the biggest piece of, in that I've realized in manifestation is like, trusting the answer from within because in my opinion that is God speaking through us and for so long I too was like in my logic in my rational brain and just like trying to over logic things and I realized that every time that I was doing that I was it was a disservice it was a disservice to my it was a disservice to my heart, to my intuition. It was a disservice to God, to the universe, yeah. whatever it is, again, that anyone resonates with most. But once I started actually listening and like realizing that my heart was giving me the answer, was telling me yes and no, it was so crazy how life 
changed. Like same with Matt, my Matt, my, my, yeah. my Matt. I, when I left my marriage, I was like, I want a spiritual man. I want a man that like works in this industry and is very spiritual and very tapped in and can have these deep conversations about the universe with me. And I was very stuck and like fixed in like who that person was. And then I met yes. Matt and I was like, he actually gives me all of the things yes. that I desire. And those yep. deep conversations, maybe they're not about the universe all the time, but they're deep mm -hmm. in other ways. And he fulfills me in all of these incredible ways. And I had to let go of this yeah. like fixed stuck idea of who the person was. And in doing so, got someone even greater for me. And I think that it's, part. I, I feel like partnership and relationships is just such a great place to always kind of like set the example and set the tone for these conversations um, because we're constantly in relationship with everything. Yeah, I, that's the perfect example, Ava. Like that that choice you made on like the letting go and recognizing that he does. And if you asked your heart, like, are you settling? It would be like a fuck no, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that takes like a wise, like a maturity in order to do that and not be so stuck in mm -hmm. our ways. I think the hardest clients, and you could probably back me up on this, the hardest, like, because we both coach, you're doing one-on-one, -on -one, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the hardest clients, and actually like, I still consider like Matt a client because I feel like I, <laughs> <laughs> we always joke that I send him like an invoice at the end of the year for his like coaching conversations throughout the days, but it's the stubbornness and clients mm -hmm. that make them hard to coach. And it's a stubbornness in myself too. I have it as well. We all have this like idea that we're right and we know it and we're not open to seeing things differently sometimes. And that's what like really doesn't serve us, as you said. And so feeling like super, I don't know, those are the hardest clients that st stunts your growth is when you're so like stuck to what you believe and how it's going to be. And you know what I mean? Totally. Well, and I yeah. think one of the like main aspects of manifestation, especially if we just like distill it down to what the secret teaches is believe. And like the belief has to shift because if you already believed it, it would be in your reality. It would be here now. And so I think yeah. that the stubbornness and the fixed mindset is in like exact opposition of what it takes to actually manifest the small things and yeah. the big things. Absolutely. And like, I think people get confused about belief because like I still to this day, after teaching this for like almost a decade, I don't know exactly how manifestation works. It's a mysterious process. Like we're doing this with the creator of the universe, the God, universe, whatever. Like there's mystery to this. No one has a precise map that they can say like, you do this, 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 and it'll be here in like 10 days. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. There's It requires a lot of blind faith, complete trust without knowing, complete trust when you don't see results, complete trust when shit falls through that you thought was going to work out. Like it requires an like exuberant level of belief. Yeah. So how have you been able to like, what, what is it that you do in the moments where like, it's still in process, it's still in gestation. What does that look yeah. like for you? Because I think that for the most part, everybody knows that an aspect of manifestation is like getting clear on what you want mm -hmm. and then starting to work towards creating it. Mm -hmm. But 
that time in between, I think is when it's hardest for people to hold the vision and hold the faith. You know, I work with clients that have really big visions and really big desires. They want to have a best-selling book. They want to sit on Oprah's couch. They want to speak in front of thousands of people. They want to get all of these incredible publications saying their name. They want everyone to know their name and they want to have a massive impact but like, those are really big things. And so it's not like those things, I mean, they can happen over overnight, but it's like, everyone says like the overnight success, what people don't see is the like seven years leading up to yeah. it. And Absolutely. so I'm curious for you because you have a lot of like really big things that have happened in your career, but just also in every single area of your life, how do you hold the faith? And like, what are the, <laughs> what are the, what are the things that you, t- that you actually do when it, yeah. everything's in process that like people can actually start to do on their day to day to help yeah. them feel connected and excited and still like in belief that they're going to receive the things that they desire. Oh, it's such a good question. And I just felt like you read my job description, my dream job <laughs> description, <laughs> you know, that's got to be so many of us having that dream. And that's, that's wonderful because we are all going to do it in our own way at the right time. So when you ask like, what do I physically do? I, like some of the doing items are mental, like yeah, they're mental shifts. They're reminding you of things. Um, they're just changing your perspective from like doubt, fear, worry, when is it going to happen to trust? And I think one helpful thing is just reminding yourself of past things that have manifested for you and like writing those down, keeping a list, like recalling how God or universe has shown up for you, just how you brought things to life that once seemed impossible, like reminding you, giving yourself evidence that this has worked before. You know, I think that's a really like helpful practice. And then like also just zooming out for a second on your life and on what we're doing here, because there's going to, reminding yourself, there's always going to be something you're waiting for. Like first you're waiting for like, is this relationship right? And then you're waiting to like break it off when you find it's not. And then you're waiting to like do your healing. And then you're waiting to find the next person. And then you're waiting to get engaged. And then you're waiting to have a baby. And then you're, there's always something that we're waiting on, whether it's career or personal life. So like, we've got to get comfortable with this idea of time and like how long things take. So I think like the list of things that you've manifested before, so that makes you trust zooming out and realizing like, it's okay to be waiting. Like it's okay. I'm always going to be waiting on something. And then third, I think like start to associate a positive meaning with waiting, because from my experience, the things that I've waited on the most have been the best. Mm -hmm. Like they've been the best. Like the things where I like, I'm like, God, like this is ridiculous. Like, why is this not here? I've done everything in the book. They turn out to be the best and they come at a time and I can enjoy them the most. And so I know that now, but for anyone listening who like hasn't experienced that yet, you're just going to have to take my word. You're going to have to take our word for it. (laughs) You know, Uh you're just going to have to choose to believe that. And then like, practically speaking, if I'm in my head about fear or worry or doubt or losing hope, um, I get back to like spiritual content. I get off Instagram and this is like a work in progress. I'm bad at this. I'm bad. I know that like seeing other people have triggers me that I don't. And social media is such a prime spot for that to happen. So I really, a great practice is to get off social media 
change the content you're looking at and like go lean into some spiritual inspirational content mm. that's going to boost your faith. Mm. You know, who, who are your favorites? Okay. So I'm, I like sound so churchy today, but I love, like, I really love, I love my Bible app and like the plans in there are so good. So you can mm -hmm. search any topic like purpose or success, abundance, career, and start reading like, like, so they're themed plans, right? And there's like a lesson of the day with like a scripture, but the lessons are so good and they just get you back into so much faith. And so literally those are my favorite things to do. Um, outside of that, like who, I mean, I go back to like, OGs. Oh, like I go back to Wayne Dyer. I go back to like Esther Hicks or Dolores Cannon. I don't know. I just like ask myself, like, what do I need? And then I start YouTubing some like spiritual things. Mm -hmm. and I'll type yeah. in like a keyword of what I need, like hope, success, patience. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I have been loving Mel Robbins lately. I don't know if you've listened mm -hmm. to any of her podcasts. She's just got that like sassy kind of like husky aunt voice that I'm just like, I love you. You keep shit real. <laughs> and, um, but outside of Mel Robbins, I also always come back to, um, Stephen Furtick and like, Oh he, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, yes. I rem I remember, it was so crazy, actually. So Amanda Francis, who you're friends with, um, she posted a clip of him on her Instagram oh. stories, but didn't say who it was, didn't mm. like tag the church or anything like that. And I remember watching it and being like, oh, my God, this message is so good. I think I even screen recorded it because I was like, I want to keep this message. And I was like, who is this person, though? And then months later, I think when I really needed him most it like popped up onto my feet again. And I was like, oh my God, or like on YouTube. And I was like, oh my God, that's the guy. And so now it's so funny because if I ever am feeling like that anxiety and I, I totally understand where you're coming from. So like anybody that's listening to this too, like something that I've noticed is that you can go onto Instagram and in 10 minutes after you've done all of your practices, you feel really good, plug into Instagram for 10 minutes and get sucked into this vortex of anxiety, stress, not enoughness, imposter yeah. syndrome. And yeah. it's just not worth it because at the end of the day, like your energy, how you feel, how you think, what actions you're taking are like, that's the formula. And if yeah. you are getting pulled out of that formula because you're comparing yourself to other people, even if it's just for 10 minutes, like that's going to have an impact. And I'm not like trying to like make it like a scary, like now you're not going to manifest anything that you want, but it's just something to be mindful of because it does affect us. And I think that more and more people are starting to realize how it is affecting them. And I think that's why there's been a little bit of a shift in social media, at least from yeah. who I've who I've been seeing and the people that I've been connecting to and my private clients. And so it's really exciting because I think that we're entering like a whole new era of like different ways of connecting and learning from each other and being able to create community that isn't through this lens of like the haves and the have nots. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. It really is so hard. And you're right. Like it, even five minutes can knock me off. Like, and I can eat up five minutes on social media real fast. You know, mm -hmm. it's super easy. I wanted to add because Stephen Furtick just gave me like a couple of ideas of other people. Maybe we can link these for people. But Stephen Furtick is incredible. He's amazing. Like, incredible. Um, I go to Zoe Church. So Chad Beach is the pastor there. He's phenomenal. Um, and then someone I love. Do you know um, Sarah Jakes Roberts and her dad, T.D. Jakes? Mm-mm. Like I will ball crying after I hear them speak. It's so powerful and forceful. It's like, it's moving. Like it's, Amazing. 
it's very much in line with Stephen Frick. So I'll, I'll type these out and like give awesome. it to, the, yeah. to our peeps. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that it, it's such an easy thing to incorporate into your day-to-day. And mm-hmm. the thing that I've realized about these bigger manifestations, and I love that you gave this idea and like the, 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 just the theme and concept of like waiting. And even as you were saying that, I'm like, how can we make the waiting room fun? How yeah. can we make the waiting room enjoyable? How can we make the waiting room a party for ourselves where it's just as fun as once we get through the door? And I think that it's really asking ourselves, what are we doing day by day by day to create fulfillment and play and fun and joy yeah. and stay connected and stay excited and stay like, in flow with the things that we're creating and little things that are are as simple as plugging into a YouTube or a podcast or, you know, connecting with a friend who's really inspiring and you always like walk away from your time together feeling energized and excited. These are the little things that like, sure, they, they might not in the moment feel like they make that big of a difference, but it's the compounding effect of it all that really makes a difference. Absolutely. Like I I actually like I want us all and myself included, especially everything is myself included with this stuff. But because I have to remind myself of this all the time. But like we really should change how the weight we give like those little things, because those actually like really drive the most like happiness and joy for me, because, you know, like you get the partnership and then you're like, it's wonderful and it's amazing. But then you've got your own set of things to work on. You know what I mean? Like it it really, the goal really is not the joy. Like the reaching of the goal, this sitting on the Oprah, that's fun for five minutes. And then what do you do after? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so I think the joy is like in the everyday, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I think is an interesting kind of like pivot for us to take is that you brought up is being ready for something. And Mm. I remember sitting on my couch with my realtor um, last or not two marches ago. And my dad and my stepmom were in town and I had taken them to look at a house here in Austin. And I was just having a really hard time. I was anxious at the time. um, Corey and I hadn't told my dad that we weren't together. And it was like this really sticky and just like out of integrity experience where Corey and I both were like, you know what? let's just go to Austin. Cause we had planned a trip to Austin. My dad was like, surprise, we're going to come out. And we had already like decided we were going to break things off. And so we're like, let's yeah. just go. Um, we don't want to like rock the boat. The trip is already planned. It was the first time that I was seeing them or we were seeing them since all of uh, COVID. And so we just decided we'll tell them at the end of the trip or we'll tell them when we feel like it's right. And so we had this like month long trip in Austin where we were like playing house and not sharing with my dad that we were no longer together. And I remember it just like got to this point of just like, oh my God, this is too much. And I like broke down on the couch with my realtor and I was crying, Des, I love you. You are such an amazing woman. Um, And she, and I was crying and I was telling her, I just, you know, I want to get my house. I just feel like there's just so much going on. I feel like there's this pressure from my dad and pressure around all the Corey stuff. And I just like, when is it going to happen? Because I'd already put two offers on houses at that point. And she goes, baby girl, you're not going to get this house until you become the woman who is ready for this house. And I had told, yeah. And I had told her about like not telling my dad and I had told her like the situation and she's like, the woman that owns this house she's fully in integrity with her word. 
She does not hide things. She's got like complete purity between what she's experiencing on the inside and the external. And she's like, and until you feel that, you're not going to get the house. And it was like such a wake up call for me that, and just a great reminder of like the manifestations, especially the big ones, they're not going to come until we are the embodiment of the person that can hold it. Otherwise, we're either not going to sustain it or we're not going to be ready for it when it comes. Like, I can't imagine right now in this very moment going and sitting on Oprah's couch. Like, yes, I a year from now when the book is out, hell yes, let's go. Mm-hmm. But I know that I still have work to do. I know that mm-hmm. there's more levels of greater articulation, holding myself, confidence in myself, having even like the back end systems of my business ready to be able to hold that much um, that much reach of, of new people in my world. And so I think that it's such a important conversation to have and for people to look at, are you ready for the big things? Are you really ready? It's huge. And Ava, like the waiting room, I love that you said the waiting room. Like that feels like such a, I feel like that could be like a book, a podcast or something, but like to make that area more fun, I feel like you just answered something huge is like, spending your time preparing how how fun is it to get ready for things like there's no better action than preparation because the energy behind preparation is is faith like i know this is coming and i believe in it so much that i'm preparing like the back end the my speaking skills my like i prepared to be a wife like i studied things i studied relationships communication like i prepared and so i think that is such a key is what do we do in the waiting room? Like have fun preparing and like enjoy your life as it is. But that's such an efficient, amazing use of time that helps things, I believe, come into fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's expectation too. Because if yeah. you didn't, if you weren't preparing, then you, what, you don't believe in it? If Correct. you are preparing, you do believe that it's happening. I even Correct. think about, this is so, such a silly example and you'll you'll love this. So I'm picking up my golden retriever puppy in a couple of hours. I'm so excited. Yay. Um, and I got this like soft top car, not car seat, but um, like car crate that is kind of like installed like a car seat. And so yesterday I was cleaning out my car. I'm such a weirdo. I was like Cloroxing the car and like vacuuming it for my dog who literally will not even know. <laughs> this morning I'm like putting on my mascara. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's going to think I'm so beautiful and she's going to love me. The um, extra perfume. Like, yeah. <laughs> what your mom smells like. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and I was like putting in the car, the car seat for preparation for the dog. And so it's like those little things of like, that's how I was spending my time. I'm not just like sitting here, like when's the dog going to come? And so it's the same goes for these other big things that maybe aren't confirmed. Maybe you don't have the exact time in which you're picking up the dog or when you're meeting the man or when you're getting invited to speak on good morning America. But if you really believe and want and desire it to happen what are the things that you can do that are going to start to even maybe if you have if you struggle with belief start to trick your mind into believing because of the action you're taking absolutely get your ass ready Mm -hmm. install the car seat get that car (laughs) can you send me that car seat we have one for pumpkin but i'm like dying to know what you have it's like a square it's just a square one but it would be perfect pumpkin size 
okay. the dog the Jojo's gonna grow out of it like with like that it's too small for a full-size golden retriever um, I feel excited to prepare this like topic has me lit up and now I'm thinking like huh where can I start preparing for bigger things that I want mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I mean even like the whole book thing I kept saying I'm gonna write a book I'm gonna write a book I want to write a book and I'm like wait but it's not just going to like appear out of nowhere. I need to start writing the book and I need to yeah. start putting aside time to write the book. I can't just be telling right. my mentor, telling my clients or telling my partner that this is my goal for the year, like sit down and do the work. And I think that, yeah. oh, I'm so curious about this, actually. I think that this is a great uh, place for us to take this conversation. And for anybody here that's live, if you have any questions too, yeah, feel free to drop them in the chat. But there is a fine line between preparation and overly doing it and like getting into this mindset and this belief that I will not receive it if I don't keep taking action or like if I'm not constantly doing something. And I feel like that's like a little bit of like the very like masculine energy of the career world and entrepreneur world where it's like, go, 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 do, 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 perform, perform, perform. So I'm curious how do we tune in? And I feel like this kind of goes back to the the other answer you gave earlier and make sure that we're not setting ourselves up or creating a pattern where the things that we want to manifest, we only believe we are worthy of if we are in this like hyper performance overdrive energy. I mean, that's such a great question. And the first thing that comes to mind is like, we always have to like check in with ourselves and be honest with ourselves. But like when you're in that energy and to be honest, like that energy represents that you actually don't believe it's going to happen. Like you put it all back on yourself. You don't trust that God and the universe is like working with you. You don't trust that it, you deserve it. You have to do X, Y, Z to prove that you're worthy of it. So it's like a really lack of belief and lack of trust that those actions are stemming from. So I think when you're acting and doing things, you always have to check like the motivation and the intention behind the action. Like, is this because I'm excited and I'm ready and I'm doing my part to meet it? Or am I in like secretly like in panic mode? Am I in like desperation? Am I in fear? And I think you have, the only person that can tell you that is you. And the only way to know is to ask yourself that question. Like, what is the energy and intention by behind these actions like and be honest am I being fearful or am I being faithful like it's it's one or the other and I know like for example we've had different stages of life where we're looking for homes like we're thinking of getting a place in Miami or Tampa and so I can start looking and like looking every day in the apps for the houses and then like before long I'm like ridiculously doing it and it's like almost manic action and I have to stop and be like like, don't overwork, don't overstress, don't overdo it on this. Like, yes, put your steps in, but also like pull back because now you're going overboard and you're being frantic and you're being scarce and you're being controlly. And that's not the energy to be in for something to manifest. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a fine line and just this conversation brings people awareness to the fact that that can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm so guilty of it. I think that there's been so many times, especially because I come from like working in startups where you are constantly working and like the only way to get to the end of your to-do list is to like keep performing and keep, um, keep like 
just like keep being an output and that output mm -hmm. energy. And so it's been like a real reprogramming for me. And I think that the hardest thing that I've had to sit with through it all is like, yes, there's the awareness, but then what am I doing with the space? And I think that that comes back to like, what are you doing in the waiting room? What are you, how are you filling your time? What are the things that you're consuming that mm -hmm. aren't directly related to your output, but <clears throat> are filling the time that you have outside of the action. And I think that so many people, especially high achievers struggle to pause, to slow down, to let themselves pull back, like you said, because they're so programmed into constantly moving. And I know that that's something totally. that is once you like feel safe in the slowing down and like find that faith and find that trust, it can be so revolutionary to how you show up in your life and how you relate to even your goals and the things that you're trying to create. Totally. I think also like the high achievers that you're talking about, that we're talking about, like so many times, like the worth is related to their output or like, look how busy I am. I'm like, I'm so cool. My schedule's filled. My, I've been on, you know, X, Y, Z call. Like it comes like, if you're seeking validation and value based on your output, I think that's an issue, you know? And of course you want to feel good about the work that you put in and you want to work hard. I think working hard is good, but I think that there's a line that's crossed where people become addicted to it and it, and it becomes a source of value. Mm -hmm. And that's not where your value comes from. And I think that's like a sticky spot to be in. For sure. Well, and we only have 24 hours in the day too. And so if it is based on your output, then what you're going to find is that there's only so far that you can go before you reach a ceiling of time, yeah. like literally of time. And so yeah. I think that it's such an important thing to focus on for people that are already high achievers. And I'm actually curious because I know that you work with a lot of um, public figures and people that are busy and are high achievers and are already doing incredible things. What are mm -hmm. the things that they are manifesting? What are the things that they are working on? Because I think it's also really important for anybody who maybe is not at that level yet in order mm -hmm. to start embodying that next level to understand how that person is thinking and what it is that they're mm -hmm. focusing on. This is such a great question, but my my first like inclination to answer is maybe more comforting than like they should do this, but you would be shocked at the amount of high performing people at every single level, like in the music industry and in the athlete world. And do you know how often these people are working on self-confidence and self-doubt? Like, so this is obviously not the mindset to adopt, but I say it to more relate is like everyone, even at high levels are still working on these internal things of like, self-love and self-confidence and feeling enough. So like that exists at every level. So that's something that I do see is like a theme all the time. Um, another theme that I think people working are working on is saying no boundaries, balance, like those are huge things. And I apologize. Cause I think your answer was like, what can we do to get to that level? But like, honestly, like these are the, they come to me with like the challenges that they're having. And these are like some of the challenges that I'm seeing. Mm, well, it's, I think it is really helpful though, because like you said, it, it kind of takes that 
next level off of a pedestal and thinking that there's perfection or thinking you have everything figured out or thinking everything is healed because Mm -hmm. you can get really good at manifesting or creating in one area of your life, but leave another area behind. And that's where I feel the most passionate is like, why can't we have it all in every single area? Why can't we work simultaneously on an incredible relationship and an incredible career? And I think that that's where these conversations around confidence, self-love, self-image and all of the thing boundaries and everything that you said is so important to focus on now and not just once you get to the point of having the things mm-hmm. because when you have all of the things and then you have to start making changes sometimes I find, find that it can be scarier because there's more to lose totally and it's ungrounding like sometimes you can build these things without like a foundation you're like oh shit like I have all this but why am I not loving myself but I have xyz Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like we're almost working in in the reverse. But I think another cool thing that like a trend that I'm seeing are people are caring, of course, about career success, but now it feels tied into like mission and purpose. Mm-hmm. Like pe- now, instead of just like, oh, revenue goals or things like this, it's like, I'm here to do something big. And there's like some awakening going on where like these people at the top are, they are talking about manifestation and they are talking about speaking things into existence. And they, they want to talk about this more to get these like messages out. And they want to be seen as more than just successful in their career. They want to be sharing what they feel like their purpose is and helping other people. So they're looking to like step into that part more, which is cool. And these are all things that we can do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that it's so exciting. It's an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to already be positioned in this space too, because more and more people are paying attention. And just like you said, before we hit record, you know, there's so many people that don't know the things that we know, like the back of our hand. And so don't discredit the things that you know, even if it feels really simple. And I think that you know, going back to the conversation about social media, sometimes when we log on to social media and we see this coach, that coach, this speaker, this wellness professional, this yogi, and everyone's saying some version of the same thing, we can start to discredit and think that what we have to say isn't that special, but it's not even, it's not even that. Like there are so many people on this planet that need the way that you say it and your energy. And there are so many people who don't even know who the hell that person is where you're like, oh my God, you don't know X, Y, and Z. They're like, no, who the hell is that? I'm not in this industry. And so it's such a good reminder. Oh, huge. And I can't, I personally cannot hear that message enough. Like I never get tired of hearing that or needing to know that. And like such a good example, we like LA, the epicenter of like self-growth, manifestation, life coach, breathwork, healing, well-being, like LA is like one of the epicenters. And I went to a beautiful hotel to to talk about like collaborating on an event. And I was walking through the space and seeing the different spaces. And there's these two young girls who are like our age. Never in a million years, like would I expect this? But as I'm talking about it and explaining it, I get like fired up when I talk about this. And they, they're like kind of blank and they're like, wait, we know not like, tell us more. What is this? Like, I've heard about manifesting, but like, I'm really more into like, like running and working out. I actually like, don't know, like, what is this? And I'm like, you guys are my age. And I didn't say this to them, but I was shocked that like women in my age group in LA, in Beverly Hills, like had never encountered this before. 
And if that is true, then like there's a world of people who have never heard these things and don't have the teacher that speaks to them. So yes, like we need to all do our thing. Own it. Yeah. Take up more space. Okay. Before we close out, I want to quickly just have you share when it comes to the big things that you're manifesting and some of the things that you shared with me before we hit record, um, what are the steps that you take on a daily basis to connect Mm. to the vision and to take inspired action towards the things that you're creating? So it could be TV, it could be like big clients, it could be um, the house, all of these big things that you're manifesting and you're currently creating. What are the, how do you, how do you show up day by day to like connect in and like, what's your practice look like? Mm, I mean, it's still my, my practice very much is like a, a spiritual connection moment in the morning. So in the morning before the phone, it is gratitude, prayer, making my coffee, sitting in my chair, opening up my Bible app or just like sitting there and I'm praying and I'm asking to be guided every day. And I'm asking to be given like God's vision and God's plan and God's purpose for my life. And so it's a daily prayer. It's a daily asking for guidance and just trusting and knowing that like that meaningful connection in the morning sets the tone for the rest of the day. So like the spiritual time in the morning for me is everything. It's more important to me than my workout, which has now taken a backseat. I got to get back on it, but that is more precious to me. And I think, um, sets me up for the rest of the day. And and also I'm meditating every day. And I think overachievers really need to listen to this point is the big things that I've manifested in my life don't come from expected steps. They come from when I consistently carve out periods of silence in my day. And I get a drop into my mind, not necessarily during the meditation at all, but throughout my day, an idea text this person, do this thing, send an email to this person. And I do it and I listen and I do it surrendering and I move on with my day. And it's those things that result in the big contracts, the big corporate things, the big, the TV appearance, the client, it's these little tiny seated actions that feel inspired that I execute on right away that end up turning into the best thing. So it's the morning practice, listening to myself, carving out the space and then taking action in both the practical things and the intuitive things that come in. Mm, I love that. And I think that sometimes people discredit the little things like send an email. How could an email be that big of an idea or that big of an action step? It's just an email. They might not even read it, but like those are the little things that one, thousands and thousands of people across the world are discrediting and choosing not to do. So the fact that you're going and doing it is probably going to make you stand out from everybody else that maybe does have that same vision as you. And two, you never know, really, I, I mean, sometimes you do find out in hindsight, but sometimes you never know, even like after the fact things happen, that that's the actual thing that's created the most momentum. You know, it's so funny. I I um have a soulmate like ideal dream client that I know I'm going to work with and I sent a email to her team she owns a app and I sent an email to her team saying I'd love to just share breath work and meditation I noticed that you don't have this and getting on the app is like I don't really care about that but it's like working with this woman I know that I could support her 
And um, so I sent an email to the team, let it go. And it was like to their like hi at email. It wasn't like any specific person. It was like a Zendesk response that was like probably going into the queue with like tons of other people. And I just let it go. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's that. It's a Zendesk, whatever. And two weeks later, I get an email from somebody that says your email came at the perfect time. We were actually looking for a per- the person that can offer breathwork and meditation. Wow. And so now I'm going to be working with their corporate team because they actually invited me to do an event in LA and it's next weekend when I have another event in Austin. Um, and so it was just like such a great experience where I was like, oh, I'm gonna like offer this one thing that like in the long run, cool if it happens but like that's not actually the point of why I want to work with them and it ended up being this like perfect doorway into actually getting way closer to the thing that I really want to do and and it came literally from just feeling that pull of send an email that's it and not that's it Ava that's so dope yeah that's so dope I'll ask you about that later okay yeah and I think lastly like don't be afraid to shoot big like I'll have no problems like LinkedIn messaging or DMing like a CEO or what, like, I don't care. Just who cares? Yeah. Just do it. Try, do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Follow those exactly. little things. I love it. I love it. Okay. So before we wrap up, I want to know, and I want people to know how can we work with you? Can we work with you? I know mm-hmm. that you have courses and programs, obviously following you on Instagram is such a vibe, but, um, so share your Instagram as well too, but can you also just like pimp yourself out and share all of the yeah. ways people can connect? Yeah. I mean, private coaching is my favorite way just because we can go so deep and it's so immersive. Um, so we start off like, you know, I always equated it to like going to a gym, like you don't hire a trainer for like one month and expect for your booty to be like bigger and better or whatever. Like I you do. put in the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm in the I mirror like do. what's going on. <laughs> I actually do. I'm like a two days of a 20 minute Pilates booty work. I'm like, that, sh- that actually works. But I think I really do think the best changes come like slowly over time. So I start my, my private coaching at three months and it is so immersive. Like it's, we're definitely doing calls each week, but there we're texting, we're voice noting. There's like curated steps and guidance and homework. And it's just very fun. Like I'm obsessed with my private clients. So that is one way to work with me. Um, I've got workshops, like live in-person workshops. I've got one in LA coming up that one's sold out, but many more to come. So just DM me and stay in touch or get on my email list for updates. Um, We've always got retreats. We've got a 2025 Ibiza retreat coming up. We've probably got Tulum or Hobosh in Mexico this year. Um, And I'm also doing similarly like single day one-to-one retreats, probably in like Ohio or Santa Barbara. So if anyone wants to like dial in on their vision, talk about manifestation, get plugged in on how to do it for something specific to you, break through maybe an area of like that stuck or just like recharge your soul. We can do like a custom day together and like really dive in. So that's something new that I'm doing. I love it. And I will say that it is 1000% worth it. Even just going to dinner with Lena for an hour and a half, two hours will like forever change the way that you think. So (laughs) do it. If you are feeling inspired and want to reach out, definitely reach out and we'll make sure to link everything in the show notes and on YouTube. So Lena, thank you so much for joining me and it's been so much fun. 
Well, there you have it, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Icons with Ava Johanna. Make sure if you're not already on our VIP list that you sign up so that you can be invited exclusively into the community to take part in these conversations live, ask questions, and co-create this experience. If you're not already following me, make sure you give me a follow at Ava Johanna and follow our amazing guest. I'll see you soon and don't forget, go do something iconic.